This is uh, this year is on uh, on the Haggadah, uh, and it's in memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, who I've mentioned in the past was an extraordinary member of his community, a uh, a doctor, uh, very concerned about the Jewish community, Jewish education, and making uh, had made. Uh, Tremendous contributions in both areas during his lifetime. The Hainab showed through Abitur Fayyim. There are, uh, I mean, you look at the Haggadah, I mean, everybody knows the Haggadah. Uh, the Haggadah, the way I see it, is the high point is Dayenu. Everybody can relate to Dayenu, you have to sing it. And you know that it, it, everybody knows that it doesn't really mean what it says. Uh, so everybody likes it. Everybody likes it. It doesn't present you with a real issue. But you know that the Seder of the Haggadah, there's a Seder which is printed in the Haggadah, which also has a tune. Everybody has, everything has a tune in the Haggadah, which I guess is, is a reflection of the fact that it was quite boring to do the Haggadah, and singing is helpful to overcome boring. So the beginning of the Haggadah is Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, yes? Yeah. And then Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Magid. Now Magid, Magid is when we tell the story with which we do the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. There's a mitzvah, a mitzvah in Torah to tell the story. Now, you would think that this would be a, an easy one because the story is told rather extensively in the Chumash, believe it or not. The Parashiyot Shmot Va'era Bo Bishalach are the stories of Yitziat Mitzrayim. It's the story. It's all there. It's all written down. Now, if that's a little bit too much, we could have figured out a way to condense it, to skip the parts that maybe are less interesting or less important, and <coughs> highlight the parts that are more important. But that's not the way the Haggadah it works. The Haggadah seems to be a loose collection of different kind of comments on things, most of them not having anything to do with the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. Now the Rambam says in his opening remarks in the, parak, in the seventh parak of Chometz and Matzah, the Rambam says, mitzvah lesaper benisim veniflaot. The mitzvah, the essential kernel of the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim is telling the story of Nisim and Niflaot. And since we are theologically with it, you know, we understand that Nisim and Niflaot are a kind of code for relationship to God or God's relationship to the world. And, and this was a discovery that the people of Israel made, B'nai Yisrael made, in Mitzrayim. And that discovery enabled them to leave Mitzrayim on their way to receiving the Torah 
and then to Eretz Kinan. <coughs> so, when the Rambam says Nisim V'Niflaot, he doesn't mean just say there was a miracle that had to do with Dam, or a miracle that had to do with Tzvardea. What he means probably is, what is the implication of the fact that Bnei Yisrael left Mitzrayim under the aegis of miracles, right? It was miracles that got them out of Mitzrayim. <coughs> now, this question does not seem to be addressed in the, in the uh, Haggadah. Yes, you could point at a line here and a line there, but if you think of the Haggadah, as representing the theological awareness that Bnei Yisrael inherited in Yitziat Mitzrayim, and that that's, that's the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, that story does not really appear in the Haggadah. So that's my first question. Why? Why don't we just tell the story as it is related in the Chumash? Why do we have to make up a story? Magid, the part of the Haggadah, which I, I do the mitzvah, right? I do the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, starts from Manishtana. Okay, there are all sorts of reasons that you would imagine that you start with a question <coughs> instead of just making a statement. I mean, certainly everybody might agree that this is the way of the Talmud. The Talmud likes to ask questions and give answers to those questions. Just give me the answer. Okay, you know, maybe we would do it this way, maybe we would not do it this way, but the, the Haggadah starts with a question. The first question, right, Manishtana halayla hazem ikol halilot, okay, that's important. Shevikol halilot onochlim chametz matzah. Every night we eat chametz and matzah. I assume everybody knows what chametz is. It's like heavily advertised. You know, if you look at the walls in Yerushalayim, you'll find that some new discovery for this year where Chameis has reared its ugly head in some unsuspecting product. But matz and, and the same thing is true with matzah. Thank you, sir. The, the matzah that we ate last year, we just can't eat this year. That would be, we would be derelict in our responsibilities towards heaven if we ate the same matzah and we, we have figured out a way <coughs> that a box of matzah which all year long costs 20 shekel on Pesach can cost 200 shekel. This is really quite remarkable and, and uh, it, it's like a reflection of how, how the Jews if they think things are going well they want to punish each other a little. So the matzah guys punish everybody else, you know, by charging these exorbitant prices for, for a matzah. <coughs> Even a matzah that's made by a machine. You know, that's like, uh, there, are, there, are, there are such matzahs. There are matzahs that are made by machines. Even though, uh, for the time, in my lifetime in Yerushalayim, when I came to Yerushalayim a couple of years ago, a lot of people ate uh, machine, they call them machine matzahs. Today, today, uh, uh, people who eat machine matzahs also will have round matzahs, you know, hand-baked matzahs for the Seder, thinking that a hand-baked matzah must be a more serious religious experience than eating a machine matzah. 
So even if you're a little cynical about it, you probably do it anyway. Uh, well, you probably claim that you have a relative who only eats that, so you have to get it. <coughs> so, but the truth is everybody wants to be, you know, I mean, if you could be from just by eating the matzah, I mean, it's like an opportunity. How can you turn it down? How can you turn down that, you know, that entree into, into the divine? But look at the question. We eat indiscriminately. We could eat chametz and we could eat matzah. Tonight we only eat matzah. So now, the question, of course, the Jewish question is, well, what's the question? We know why, because it's a mitzvah. Like, what is the question exactly that we're being asked to answer? So I thought, I think that the question that we're being asked to answer is, look, I know why I eat matzah. I eat matzah because I'm imitating Yitziat Mitzrayim, because imitating Yitziat Mitzrayim in some ways is a story. It's another way of telling a story. Okay, we're not so good at that. We don't, but you know, the Yemenites, they, they had this custom where they would put uh, like a sack on their back and walk, run, run around the table <coughs> of the Seder in order to imitate Yitziat Mitzrayim. We, we, we uh, kind of more Litvak-oriented people, we don't do that. We don't do that. So we eat matzah because the Jews ate matzah. Now why don't we eat chametz? That's something that I think has to be, why don't we eat chametz? I mean, it may be true that the Jews, when they left Mitzrayim, didn't eat chametz, but it was b'mikre. It wasn't because, it wasn't because chametz was something that they didn't want to eat, it was just that it was easier to get matzah. It was easier to get matzah kind of bread instead of chametz kind of bread. So why not? Now, I'm only pointing this out. I'm only pointing this out because the answer to this question does not appear in the, the Haggadah. Then there are three other questions in our version. Right? You know that the questions of the Haggadah are not clear. I don't know if this is true. I mean, it's not like Hametsu Matzah. Yes, we eat Maror. We have contrived in this rather uh, uh, kind of a Everything is difficult, you know, and everything, you just do it long enough, it seems normal, but if you think about it, you think about it, why do we eat maror? Because maror is bitter. And bitter reminds us of slavery in Mitzrayim. Bitter, slavery, etc. But then when we eat the maror that we eat, it's not too bitter at all, right? We, most people, eat chasa. Most people eat chasa. What is chasa? Like lettuce. And you know, like long, those long leaves of lettuce. That's what we eat. So it's, lettuce is like water. It's like eating water. It doesn't, doesn't taste maror at all. I remember my father's Zichron Olebrach, I would take um, the root, you know, grain, like real, the real thing. He would like rub it, rub it until it would make come out. He would be crying, and the morrow would be, uh, uh, you know, made, and, and then nobody could eat it. Well, I think he ate it, my father. But I think nobody else could eat it. The kids couldn't eat it. Right? The guests couldn't eat it. So I just sat there, and we, we went for the lettuce instead. 
So moral is also a diff- an interesting an interesting problem. Then we say So you know that misubin is a is a mitzvah, and all the mitzvot that we do, as if they're not too negative, we do with the with misubin. In other words, when we drink the the cup of wine, we have to do misubin. Of course. It's very hard to do misubim and the chairs that we use today. Apparently, uh, you know, if you, the Romans used to lie when they ate. I'm not sure why, why they did this. Maybe they didn't have chairs. But they used to lie in beds when they ate. And that's called misubim. That's, that's the rich people. The rich people ate that way. You brought a little table, right? You know, we have a ka'ara, you bring a little table, and the little table <coughs> has food on it, and the, the balabayit lies on a bed, and that's the way he eats. That's the way he eats. So, kolanu besubin became a signal for freedom. It was, you know, everybody wanted to be like the rich people, the people who were special. So it turned out that la everything we do, every time we do something which can be construed as a mitzvah, like drinking the four cups of wine, we have to do it behesebo. You have to do it in the manner of the rich, right? It's only if we, we mention the, uh, the makot of Mitzrayim that we, we don't have to do that. So that's misubin. The... the uh, Oh, I, I, I left out It's very hard to understand what this has to do with the essential questions about, about the Haggadah because we do Tvilah mostly in order to, to do things that are strange in order to keep the children aware of uh, strangeness so that they will ask what they, what are they doing? I don't know if this works unless, you know, everybody is going to the first Seder in their lives every year. I mean, because the children were there last year. And they, they know that this is something that everybody does. So that's how the Haggadah starts off. I said, what I'd like to do is find a theme in the Haggadah. I'd like to find something where the, the Haggadah deals with some of these questions in a thematic way. So I think that that is found in the next paragraph. You see the next paragraph starts Abadim HaYivu Leparom Mitzrayim? Yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, it's like the fifth line. Abadim HaYivu Leparom Mitzrayim. There are two stories that are told. Actually three. Or maybe four. But the two stories that are told, that are mentioned in the Gemara and the Mishnah, are the one that begins with the words, Avadim Hayinu Leparu Mitzrayim. That's story number one. Right? Avadim Hayinu. And the second one is, uh, I'd say 55% of the way down in the text. The first word on the line is mitchila of the zarah hayu You see that? Mm-hmm. So the two stories that are a response to the general question of what are we doing here, 
and, the, and we're telling the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, there are two stories that are told. One is, begins with the words, uh, 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 what happened to it? Avadim. Uh, what? Avadim. That, that history, history begins with the Abdut in Mitzrayim for Am Yisrael. There was no, uh, we're not talking about Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, even though they may be mentioned here and there, the Avot, but we're talking about a certain way of looking at Jewish history. And Jewish history for Am Yisrael begins with the slavery in Mitzrayim. That's what the answer to the question is. The second story, <coughs> the second story, is mitchila of de avodah zarah yu avoteinu v'achshav kevanu amakom laavodato, which has a different definition of the history of Am Yisrael, because it says that we started out as idolaters. Now, who was an idolater? Who was an idolater? Well, certainly Terach. Terach was an idolater, and therefore somehow. To get it out of us, I mean, we know the stories of, of, of Yaakov's wives also being kind of involved with idols and idolatry. Uh, maybe in a good way, maybe in a, in a less good way, certainly after Shechem. <coughs> in, in any event, this is a different story. Achshav, kervanu ha-makom What does that mean, kervanu ha-makom That we understand the exclusiveness of avodat Hashem. What is avodat Zorah? Mitchila What does that mean? That there can be a multiplicity of gods. That's one of the things that, that seems to reflect avodat Zorah. In our, in our history, the things that we've come up against and things that you've heard about and, and, and the things you can read about in, in National Geographic magazine. That's a story. That's a story. So neither of these stories, neither of these stories emphasize the Rambam's idea of, uh, of Nisim V'Niflaot. Neither of these stories represent that. So I just say that you know, to remember. You should remember. It's like a sidebar. We're looking for the Rambam in the Haggadah. I mean, the Rambam put the Haggadah into his uh, book, the Yada Chazakah. Now, if I go back, let's go back to Avadim Hayiru Leparu Mitzrayim, which is the three, four, five, fifth line, right? Now, if you go down a couple of lines, two lines, uh, second half of the line, Afilu Kulanu Chachamim, Kulanu Nivonim, Kulanu Zkeinim, Kulanu Yodim et Torah, right? Mitzvah Aleinu Lisaper B'Yitziat Mitzrayim. Everybody is obliged, everybody, men, women, right? Anybody who's obliged to, to be with the Torah, it's not, it's not true that if, if the women go to the kitchen, as I heard this someplace, the women go to the kitchen and taste dinner and miss out on the Haggadah, they didn't do it. It doesn't matter how good the food is. 
Of course, the food will be good, but uh, it doesn't really matter. You have to do the Haggadah. You have to, that's how we do it. We do the Haggadah. I mean, in theory, it doesn't have to be the Haggadah, in theory, but, but the Minag has been in ex, has, has been for so many years that you have to do the Haggadah. So now look what it says after that. I'm up to the next. So the first thing is that, I'm sorry. In other words, hey, this is it. I mean, one of the guys sits down. I always tell the story of Tsipesel Frank. But Tsipesel was a rabbi in Yerushalayim. He was a, uh, the Ab Bezdin of, of, uh, of a Bezdin. He was a, he was a, a tremendous Talmud Chacham. And he used to, he used to uh, um, make a very quick Seder, right? And say the Haggadah, you know, lickety split. And then go to sleep. And then get up. Why? Because he said, he said, people come in all night long to ask me questions. You know, questions about, about halakhic questions. About, did I do this right? Did I do that right? And after you drink four cups of wine, he said, you have your, your sort of a shikor. You're drunk with wine. And it's forbidden to paskin halachic uh, shilas when you're a drunk. So he knew that he had to go to sleep. Sleep it combats uh, the, the alcohol and the wine. If you sleep, you could sleep it off, right? You could sleep it off. So that's what he did, because he knew that people were going to come and ask him, Shazi, what to be available? What to be available? So it's possible for the Chachamim and the Nevonim and the Gaonim, you know, to do the Haggadah really quickly. Doesn't take any time, any time at all. But here the, the Haggadah says, Mitzvah Aleinu Sapeh Yitziat Mitzvah. Even if you could sit there like, you know, uh, so what is the Mitzvah? Mitzvah is the Sapeh Yitziat Mitzvah. Well, what is that? Is that besides the Haggadah or is that the Haggadah? So the next line in the Haggadah says, Kol HaMarbeh L'Sapeh Yitziat Mitzrayim and this is the critical line, in my opinion. The Haggadah itself asks the question, what's the difference between the night of Pesach when I talk about Yitziat Mitzrayim? And every day when I mention Yitziat I say Kriyat Every day I say, I say Yitziat Mitzrayim. I mention Yitziat Mitzrayim all the time. So the difference... The difference, as others have pointed out, between the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim and saying, I remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, the difference is that the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim is expandable. Kriyat Shema is not. Kriyat Shema is what it is. You open the Siddur, you say the words, and you've done the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. But the mitzvah of, of uh, Sipur, Yitziat Mitzrayim, at the night of Pesach, is essentially different because it says in the Haggadah, it's, it's in the Mishnah, right? Everything, every, most of these things are in the, in the Mishnah. Kol Mishubach. Not only that, <coughs> the Haggadah that, <coughs> that continues and tells us a ma'aseh, tells us about an event that actually took place, and that was 
Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah, he was the Nasi. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfum. Rabbi Akiva was the Gadol Hador, but he was younger. He was younger than Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah. So he became only, he was not the Gadol Hador, but he was here. You know, this was like, like anti, an anti-Baal Tshuva event. You imagine that? All the rabbis are in the same place. And that's all there is. The Talmidim are gone. They all went to sleep, as we will see in a moment. He says, they, they did the midst of a seba. They were leaning, right? And they were in Bnei Brak. And they just went at it. Right? There was just no end to it. They, they, they spoke about Yitziat Mitzrayim until the dawn. Until the Talmidim showed up. Well, where were the Talmidim before they showed up? They were sleeping. They were sleeping. They didn't have that kind of stamina that the Gedolim had. The Gedolim were able to actually talk about Yitziat Mitzrayim all night long. And the Talmidim came and Amrulem Raboteinu, Higiyazman Kriyat Shmashal Shacharit. It's late. The day is upon us. We have to daven. That's what they said. That's what the Talmidim said. So here in the uh, in the uh, in the Haggadah, in the Haggadah it says, "Kol Hamar Belisaper Biyitziat Mitzrayim Hareze Mishubach." Right? That that something about the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, in order to tell it properly. You have to kind of be involved in it. You have to think about it on your own. You have to say something. You have to say something about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. If you just read the Haggadah, apparently, well, you're doing it okay, but you're not doing it great. Right? Marbel is up Mitzrayim is we want to do it great. You want to do it really, you know, in an outstanding, in an outstanding manner. You have to be Marbel Bisipu Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But what do we do? What is the... I mean, what are we supposed to do exactly? I understand Rabbi Tarfin, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Eliezer, they knew a lot of stuff. So they were able to talk to each other all night long. I mean, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Where is the Marbel, the Saperbi, the for us? I mean, how do we get there? So, as I mentioned at the beginning, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, one second. <coughs> the most popular, the most popular thing in uh, in Haggadah Here, if you look at the second page. After Damba Eish, it's a third of the way down. The first words are Davarachem. Yes? Davarachem, Yad Chazakah, Shtayim, Zoranatuyah, Shtayim. It's a drush on a pasuk, which is very interesting, but we're not going to get into that now. He says, Otot Shtayim, Avtim Shtayim, Elu Eser Makot Sheviya Kodesh Bochwa, Mitzrim, B'Mitzrayim, Elu Heim, Dam, Tzvadeh, Kinim, Arov, etc. 
right? You you list the ten the ten planes, and the Rambam says that this is the essential part of the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, talking about the plagues or mentioning them, but, but the, 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 uh, the Haggadah doesn't help us. It just says, here they are, here's the list. Here's the list of the plagues. I mean, there's no Sipur. There's nothing that I'm, ta- that I'm saying. And then Rabbi Yehuda, the same name is Simanim, the Tzach Adash Ba'achah. I mean... I'm sort of, uh, I was, it's sort of uh, unsettling. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say about the Makot and Mitzrayim. So now look at the Haggadah. Look what the Haggadah says. First Rabbi Yossi Aguli Very important one of the Tanaim. Minayin atahomesh laku ha-Mitzrayim v'Mitzrayim esa Makot v'alayam laku chamishim Makot. How do you know that the Egyptians in Mitzrayim suffered 10 plagues, and Al Yamsuf, they suffered 50 plagues. What does the Pasuk say about Mitzrayim? The, the uh, magicians, the Paro magicians said, This is the finger of God. There's a hand. So we know that etzba equals ten. So a hand is five times. Ten is fifty. Fifty makot. But this is not the end. This is not the end of the drashot. Then there's Rabbi Eliezer. How do we know that each of the makot, each of the ten makot, each of the ten makot was really four, times four? You don't remember this? It was, it, believe me, it was there last year. <laughs> this is not, there's nothing secret here. So, so how do you know that? Shinemar. Punishment, right? So there are four words that come one after the other that sort of mean the same thing. So Rabbi Lazar says that's in order to remind us that each of the Makot and Mitzrayim was times four. So how many makot were there in Mitzrayim? Forty. How many makot were there al hayam? Yeah, al hayam laku matayim makot. Fifty times four. Ten times four is forty. Fifty times four is two hundred. You got that? I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. <coughs> so I will compute it for you. Rabbi Akiva, oh man, I told you Rabbi Akiva is a very important personality in every way. In every way, he was both the, the great Talmud Chacham and he was the leader of his, his people and he was a great teacher. But he had the outstanding students. He, was, he comes up here. He says, He doesn't like Rabbi Eliezer. Eliezer said, Rabbi Akiva said, Right? So he says, Anger 
Evra Stein. There's a kind of mistake here. This is the, it must be the Barilan Haggadah or something. Vizam Shalosh, Mitzorah Arba, Mishlach Barachira Im Chamesh. So Rabbi Akiva said to Rabbi Lazar, I can read the Pasuk better than you. You read the Pasuk and there are only four, so times four. I read the Pasuk and it comes out to be times five. And Rabbi Akiva, he's not embarrassed. He really meant it. He meant it. He said, Listen, Rabbi Lazar, five, not four. And therefore, how many makot were there in Mitzrayim? Fifty. Now, I, I'm not really asking the question, but I can't imagine that anybody has a clue about what this means. You know, what, what, what does it mean anything? Why does it mean anything? But before we try to explain it, let's go to that great song, Dayenu. Please do not sing, right? Kama ma'alota vot lamakom aleinu. What does that mean? It's an introduction, introduction to Dayenu. Kama ma'alota. How many great things did God bestow upon us? How many? What do you mean, how many? There's a story. And the answer to the question is in the story. It's not a number. You know that Dayenu appears twice. Dayenu appears twice in the Haggadah. The answer to the question to Kamamalotovadayalainu, right? Starts on the 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 line Al Achad Kamabakamatovakulabakobalainu. You see that line? It's uh, three inches from the bottom of the print. The printed, maybe it's three and a half inches. Al, the first word on the line is Al. After all the ilu, 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 there's Al, right? So the, the word Al says, How many good things, the double good, the triple good, you know, like ice cream. You get double, double scoops and, and, and more, right? The kvula, mechupelet. And then you have the list of all the things that are mentioned in in Chagadia, in Dayenu, I'm sorry, in Dayenu, oi, I said the bad thing, in Dayenu, right? But without the formulation of Dayenu, right? The, the, you have just the list. And he beat up on the Egyptians, and he beat up on their gods. Maraget bechorei hemeni they destroyed there. It's it's like a list of all the good things, but Dayenu is not a list of all the good things. It's something quite remarkable. Dayenu ilu hotziyanu mitzrayim beloas avem shvatim. Dayenu. Now what does that mean? But forget about that. If you go down into like uh, uh, here. Ilu Kervanu, like about the tenth, the tenth one. Ilu Kervanu of Lehar Sinai. Do you see it? So we sing, we sing. Ilu Kervanu of Lehar Sinai. If God brought Am Yisrael out of Mitzrayim and 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 Karalim at and brought us to Har Sinai and then said, "Okay, Lo Natan Lano et Torah, Dayim." I don't know. 
when I became, uh, so all the years, I guess when I was, uh, when I was a kid, we used to sing Dayenu, nobody noticed the words. You just sing them. That's the glory of singing. Right? Uh, you're not oppressed by the words. Well, what does it mean, Torah? The whole purpose of everything was to go to get the Torah. And then we say Dayenu, look at the next one. The next line. Ilu Natan Torah. How is that? If God would have given us the Torah, did not bring us into Eretz Yisrael, <coughs> I mean, how could anybody say a thing like that? I mean, what's that got to do with anything in, in, in uh, with, with the mitzvot hayom, with what I'm doing, why am I to say that, I'm about to say that, to say that I don't need Eretz Yisrael, or that I don't need the Torah, that's really something. If God would have brought us into Eretz Israel, but not built, <coughs> not built, which is a mitzvah. The, the Rambam says when you go to Eretz Israel, there are three mitzvot that you have to do, and one of them is to build the Beit HaMikdash. So what do you mean, Loban Alan or Beit HaMikdash? I mean, what kind of idea is that? I mean, you could say it's like, it's like a sort of a form of singing a song where, where you kind of get uh, to feel that everything is very important. You know, like, you could uh, take some kind of literary approach, but it seems to me, it seems to me that this is the overriding theme of the <coughs> the overriding theme of the Haggadah is Kol And the question, of course, is we have the Torah. We have the Torah told us everything there is to know about Yitziat Mitzrayim. So where can I find where can I find Marbeh? Where can I find Ribui? Where can I find something to tell? about Yitziat Mitzrayim. <coughs> it seems to me that there are always different ways of looking at things. You know, some people, some people look at the, the big picture. You know, that there, there's a big picture. The big picture is the Jews were slaves in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, they are Mitzrayim, the power of Mitzrayim, where Yitziat Mitzrayim, that's the essential story. That's essential story. But there's also a big picture. There's a big picture. I'm sorry. That's the big picture. <coughs> God took us from Israel. And that's how we start the, our relationship to the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There's a big story. And that big story is about slavery, Exodus, Harsinai, and Meretz uh, <coughs> Canaan. That's the big picture. But you know that every big picture can be sliced up like a salami. And there are little pictures that are contained in the big picture. So that we can say, Hotzi Anu and we could also say, 
We could talk about what happened to the Egyptians. We could talk about what, what happened to Lelo Hehem, their, their gods. We could talk about what happened at, at Yamsuf. In other words, the Haggadah leads me, leads me to a situation where I have openings to tell the story. And the Pshat in Dayenu, the Pshat in Dayenu is Ilu Kervano Lefnehar Sinai, I think it just means if we would have just come to Har Sinai and not yet received the Torah, we would have an awareness of our spiritual undertaking beyond what we were before we came to Har Sinai. It was Har Sinai is not just the place where we received the Torah, but it's also the place where we approached receiving the Torah. It's also the place where we kind of looked for the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We looked for something special at that place. So while we're looking, while we're looking for what it is that's going on and will happen in Har Sinai, there's already something happening. If you think about Yamsuf, you think about Yamsuf, the people had to overcome fear. They had to again ask themselves, can we trust the divine promise? Can we trust the, uh, trust the promise? So when Rabbi Akiva says to Rabbi Eliezer, it's not 200, it's 250. What he means to say is, you know, Rabbi Eliezer, if you just look a little harder, you'll find 50 more things to talk about in Yitziat Mitzrayim. And that's why, kol it becomes part of the essential mitzvah. Not getting finished <coughs> with the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, but somehow, somehow expanding the story. So you get the nuanced approach to it. And that's why there are these two versions, the two versions of Dayenu. I mean, the, one ver- the second version is just the collection of good things that happen. But the first version, the Dayenu version, is this idea, this idea that everything that happened to us on the way, and that's Hotziyadu Mitzrayim, Mishpatim, Be'elohim, Be'choreim, Be'monam, we have to ask ourselves each step of the way, what did we get from it? Why was it important for us? Because that's what it means, after all, that it's in the Torah. Assuming that we would have might agree that the Torah is not a history book, which somehow just records, as Herodotus did, records you know, the number of shoes that the per- Persian army left behind, that would be kind of selling the Torah short. So what the Haggadah says, is that everything that the Torah tells us about is open to further investigation. And we can always ask ourselves that question, why? Why did it happen? Why was there a, a, a desert? And why was there man? And why? All of this is part of the story of, of Yitziat Mitzrayim. And the Nisim Niflaot fall into the same. And all of this is about Nisim Niflaot because as we said, according to the Rambam, Nisim and Niflaot are not about things that I couldn't do, that only God could do, but it's like 
God producing awareness for Am Yisrael. And that's the story. That's the story of, of the Yitziat Mitzrayim. I remember that, I know that there are people <coughs> who think it's a story about oppression. And therefore, it's reasonable to talk about other forms of oppression that take place in the world or in history. But I think that that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. I mean, talking about oppression and trying to solve the problems of oppression is a good idea. But Pesach is about Nisim and Niflaot, according to the Rambam. And Nisim and Niflaot are about theological awareness. It's not that there is a miracle or there was a miracle, but that I came, I felt that I could come closer to God because the miracle was representative of God. And so everything in Yitziat Mitzrayim was essentially a miracle because it was all orchestrated specially for Am Yisrael by, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, Kol HaMarbelis HaPemi Yitziat Mitzrayim is not an option. It's the way you do it. The way you do it is your marbet. You, you, you get an insight. You see something that you didn't think of before. And even if you don't, you're not able to do it like the Tanaim, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfan, Rabbi Lozabed Azariah. You can't do it all night long till the morning. You have to, you have to realize. You have to realize that you have to say something. You have to say something. It's not good enough just to read the, the Haggadah. It's good, but not good enough. Good enough is you say something. You say, I suddenly I'm aware of something. And that's why the, the, the Mishnah says, and the Rambam says, and the Haggadah says, that if kulam chachamim, kulam nidbonim, it's written mitzvah l'sapeh b'yitziat mitzvah. Why is it a mitzvah? Because the mitzvah is really found in the expansion. And certainly the Chachamim can do that. They can do that better than anybody else. So that's what the Mishnah means, that even the Chachamim have to do it. Not because they're a model for somebody else. I mean, that could also be, you know, true. But because they really can do the mitzvah. And since they can really do the mitzvah, (coughs) they can really do the mitzvah. So... I, I mentioned at the beginning, I mentioned Manishtana. Right? Manishtana, the questions of Manishtana are, are, are fundamentally halachic. And the mitzvah of Sipo Yitziat Mitzrayim is what you would call agadic. But the halachic questions, the halachic questions get you involved. They, 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 are, of, they are of interest. They're not so much the story, but they are a way of getting you interested, just like giving out the candy to the children to get them interested in what's going on is the way is the way we do it. Okay. Chag Kashev is some